I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I thought just before round 23 kicks off later this evening that I would just go through and give my live reaction to some of the stats uh, that are getting around uh, in the league at the moment uh, and maybe just uh, point out some uh, some unsung heroes from certain teams who are doing really well this year. So if you go to NRL.com, they used to have a tab down the side uh, called Stats, which was really helpful. It went through every single stat uh, and gave you every single position, every single player from one to about 100 uh, in that specific stat. And they also have an average tab. Now, the stats tab, you might have heard me and Matty the Waterboy talking about this on the potty the other day. I don't know why the NRL has done this, but they've taken it off the main slot and you have to go down to the bottom, hit more, and then there is a stats thing down there. But it's a really helpful uh, tool, probably more so for like content creators, but I find it really interesting just as a league fan uh, to go and have a look and see who's doing well in what areas and guys that you might be sleeping on a little bit and certain reasons why guys might be higher in some stats uh, than in others. So oh, I personally think it's really interesting to have a look at it, and I quite often uh, go and have a look through these things. So, But it has been a few weeks since I've done it to be fair. I've been pretty busy the last few weeks, so I thought I'd just give my live reaction to a couple of things there. Like, you obviously have, like, your points and your tries and all that sort of stuff. So, at the moment, leading point scorer, Jermaine Osako from the Dolphins, 183. Nick Meany's on 176. Osako has played one more game than him. Next up is Val Holmes, who was on 170, who I personally think would have been a real sniff to get top point scorer. Uh, but he's obviously spinning now, so he will miss out. So, Nick Meany's probably your favourite at the moment, I would say, depending on what happens with Pappenhausen, to be fair. Potentially, Isako can hold on to that. You then got Mitch Moses, Adam Reynolds, Ruben Garrick, Sean Johnson, Nico Hines, and Tanner Boyd, and Zach Lomax in the top 10 there. Averages is probably what I'm more interested in, but uh, to be honest with you, points, tries, goals, field goals, all that sort of stuff, uh, you can sort of go and look that up yourself and take in what you want there. Top try scorer is Dom Young, 18 tries, uh, sorry, 20 tries from 18 games, pretty impressive. Alex Johnson, it felt like he had a quiet start to the season. He's on 18 tries from 19 games. 
games. Calm Piera, 18 tries in 18 games. Pretty impressive. Sivo, uh, Jesus, uh, mate, he's had a quiet game, quiet season, by, in my opinion. 16 tries from 18 games. Pretty impressive. Mulatalo, 16 tries from 18 games. Guffo, 16 tries from 19 games. Pretty solid record. Isako for the Dolphins, 16 tries, 19 games. Campbell Graham, uh, he's had 15 tries in, uh, in 17 games. Not a bad record. So a heap for you guys to uh, have a look at there with tries and all that sort of stuff. I did think one-point field goals was interesting. Um, so in second place is Nathan Cleary with four field goals. In third place is Mitch Moses with three. Then we've got a heap of guys with two. Matt Burton, Fogarty, Luke Keary, Adam Reynolds. Uh, but the guy that's leading one-point field goals has kicked five this year, which is pretty impressive. Uh, it's Chad Townsend from the North Queensland Cowboys. So I don't know if I would have got that. You Cowboys fans probably would have. Uh, but five field goals for Chad this year from 20 games. Pretty impressive. Nathan Cleary, to be fair, uh, four field goals from 14 games. But let's get into some other stats, some ones that I think are a little bit more interesting. Um, so I'll start with post-contact meters. And I think for all these, it's only fair to do it via average. I think that's the best way to look at it. And to be honest with you, anyone that has played probably below 10 or 12 games, I won't even consider. It's not a bigger sample size for me. Uh, but Payne Haas, he's leading post-contact meters this year, 70.8. And he's played 17 games. Uh, Brian Tott is at 70.2. And he's played 16 games. So pretty impressive by those two. Next best is George Jennings, but he's only played the one game, so it doesn't count for me. One that I thought was interesting was Greg Marsu. Uh, won't really shock us he's up there, but I mean, on average, he's only five metres behind Brian To'o, which is pretty impressive. On the other side of the coin, you could say it's more impressive for To'o, considering his size and everything compared to Marsu. But 65 post-contact metres per game for Marsu, pretty good. In fifth, Joey Tapene is at 64 post-contact metres. Adam Vanua Blake, 63. Uh, then we've got Daniel Tupu, to his credit, 61 post-contact metres per game. And then Next up, from 16 games, 59 post-contact metres per game is Sifatalakai. So he's the first one on this list that essentially isn't a front row forward or a winger. So this is what we always talk about with Sifa, that he sort of glides along and you don't quite realise how well he's doing. Uh, but the amount of hard work Sifa does, it's incredible. To be in the top 10, and realistically, if you take out Robert Derby and George Jennings, who have only played one game each, as far as average post-contact metres per game, Sifa's in the top seven. So pretty impressive from a center. The next guy on the list that isn't a, a middle forward or a winger is Herbie Farmworth, and we know the incredible season he's had. So just an example of pointing out the sort of stuff that Sifford does. Number 10 on the list is Taniela Paseco, who's had an unbelievable season. Unfortunately, he's injured now, but he was absolutely killing it. Go and have a look at some of his stats throughout the year. So, yes, yeah, Sifford Talakai in, you know, seventh overall uh, for guys that have played more than 14 games for post-contact metres. Pretty impressive from a centre. He's not collecting those easy kick return metres. These are hard four metres coming out of his own end. So you love to see that. Herbie Farmworth. Very, very similar. So interesting there, post-contact meters. Let's have a look at line engaged. So this is a, a, a lot of halves sort of get this. So if you have a look at the list, Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary, Ben Hunt, Hastings, Cody Walker, Luke Brooks. Uh, and then it starts to get a little bit interesting. Then all of a sudden, you get a couple of lock forwards that are popping up here and no shock who they are, Isaiah Yo and Cam Murray sneaking into that stat, which should probably only be halves, but a very good indication of how the game is changing. Uh, the two at the top is Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary. 
Nico's averaging 10.8 uh, lines engaged per game. Nick Nathan Cleary's at 10.6. But then it is a relatively big drop of almost two line engaged per game to Ben Hunt. And it keeps dropping below that. By the time you get to Isaiah Yo and Cam Murray, they're at about six per game. So pretty impressive. You can just see how many times Nathan Cleary and Nico Hines get their hands on the ball per game. And of course, Ben Hunt and Jackson Hastings, who I think it would be fair to say are the ball dominant guys in both of their sides as well. Interesting to see Cody Walker uh, there next. Obviously, you know, I, I think he has become the ball dominant guy, but I thought it would have been a lot more even with Lockie Lillis, especially when you consider that Cam Murray is also on the list. So you've obviously got Cody Walker and Cam Murray, the ball player and the lock forward. And then you've got Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo, once again, the ball player and the lock forward in that stat as well, which might indicate more so how that team plays their football. Um, tackle breaks, always interesting here. Once again, Greg Marshu leading this one, 8.7 tackle breaks per game. Second is actually from the Newcastle Knights as well, Lockie Miller. He's only played 11 games though, but he was at 7.1. And then in fourth place is Dane Gagai on 6.1. So... Based on averages, if you look at guys, you know, the top four guys as far as average tackle breaks per game, if you include Lockie Miller, the Knights have got three of the top four, which is pretty interesting. The other guy is Dylan Edwards, who is sitting on 6.3 tackle breaks per game, considering his size and everything. Fucking incredible from Dill Edwards. Other guys on that list, Joey Manu, Fafita, Phil Sami, pretty high there, 5.6 point game. Per game, uh, Reese Walsh up there, Sione Katoa, Tedesco, Payne Haas, your normal sort of guys making a feature there. But yeah, interesting that Newcastle's got so many of the top tackle breakers. Um, if we have a look at half breaks, half breaks, a stat that I don't read too much into, to be honest with you, and the vast majority um, of guys on this list have played less than 10 games. Uh, Braden McGrady, Blake Wilson, Robert Jennings, Dane Laurie, Corey Oates. The guy, the only guy that's in the top 10 that has played more than 10 games, funnily enough, is Alex Johnston. Um, so that's interesting how close he has got to line breaks throughout the year. Alright, let's have a look at try assists. So try assists on average, the bloke leading that is Scotty Drinkwater. So for he's got 23 total try assists from 17 games at an average of 1.4 per game. Next best is Nico Hines at 1.3 per game, Cody Walker at 1.2, then Reese Walsh at 1.1. Just below them in fifth place is Sean Johnson at 1.1 as well, followed by Kalen Ponga, Josh Schuster, um, and yeah, Adam Reynolds, Jerome Hughes, these sort of guys. So interesting when you see on average there what Scott Drinkwater has done. And I don't have Drinky's stats in front of me, but if you go and have a look at the season that Scott Drinkwater has had, I think he's had about 80% of those tries in the last 10 weeks, which has been fucking incredible. So if you have a look in the in the first two weeks, he didn't have a try assist. So in the first 10 weeks, Drinkwater had a grand total of five try assists. Uh, and then in the last 10, he's essentially had four, six, eight, 11, 16, 17, 18. So pretty incredible there. He's had 18 try assists in the last 10 or 11, in the last 10 or 11 weeks, Drinky. So he has been on absolute fire. Nico Hines having another fantastic season, as is Cody Walker, two guys at the very top there. What about line break assists? I imagine this would be pretty similar. Nico Hines, he leads it on 1.7. Drinkwater leads it on 1.5. So, gee whiz, Cody Walker, he's actually had the most try assists, but he's played more games than the other guys. He's got 27 tries, uh, sorry, 27 line break assists, as does Nico Hines, but Cody Walker's played two more games. Drinkwater's on 26, Reese Walsh on 22, Kalen Ponga on 21. 
But once again, in sixth place. Now, if I go through these guys with line break assists, what do they all have in common? Walker, Hines, Drinkwater, Reese Walsh, Ponga. They are all ball players. I'm going to leave sixth blank at the moment. Seventh is Cody Nicarima. Eighth is Sean Johnson. Nine is Jerome Hughes. And then 10 is Dane Gagai. So Dane Gagai appears in 10th place. Every single one of the other guys is a ball player or a fullback, except for number six, which of course is Sifa Talakai. Once again, he pops his name up again. He's played 16 games this year, and he's had 20 line break assists, which is pretty damn impressive. And on averages, he also sits in sixth place. So when you consider, you know, Tom Trevojevic, Latrell Mitchell, these sort of guys in games they've played, uh, Sifa Talakai actually has more line break assists per game than those guys. So once again, I know Sifa's got his problems in defense. I get it. But he also did this shit last year, and it flew under the radar big time. And you probably don't realize it until you look at stats. I knew it would be good, but I didn't think it would be this good. Now, this is a stat that always really impresses me, and I think it tells you a lot. It is line break involvement. So these are guys who play a role in the line break leading up to it, not the guys that give the direct pass to create a line break, which I always think is interesting. So the guy that is leading this stat, the guy with the most line break involvements is a guy that is very ball dominant. He has 16 from 19 games. It is Jackson Hastings, which doesn't really shock me. You have a look at just about every single one Kalen Ponga creates. It comes off the back of Jackson Hastings. They also score a lot of points down the right. Um, Dom Young, he's their leading try scorer this year. Not Greg Marcio, it's Dom Young. And who controls the right? It's Jackson Hastings. He's the one that dictates all that. So it doesn't overly shock me to see Jacko right up there. Another right side ball player is Lockie Ilias, which is very interesting. He He's played 20 games. He's also had 16 line break involvements. Jerome Hughes is the next one. Sean Johnson is the next one after that. So very interesting to see that the top four are mostly right side dominant. Granted, Jackson Hastings has started to float a little bit more, but mostly right side dominant. Dominant. So very interesting. So the top four on averages, line break involvements per game, Jerome Hughes averages 0.9, Jackson Hastings 0.8, Ilias 0.8, and Sean Johnson 0.7. And then just after that, very interesting. I know he's been dropped, but once again, it comes back to this Sharky's left edge. They've got so many defensive issues out there, but Matt Moylan's in fifth place. He's actually got more line break involvements per game than what Cody Walker and Nathan Cleary do this year, Matty Moylan. So that left edge between Matt Moylan and between Sifa Talakai, they are absolutely humming out there. But defensively, they just can't get it right, which is really costing them. And it's, you know, it's obviously cost Matt Moylan his position, and it's cost Sifa Talakai his position over the last few weeks. He's managed to get it back. But a really interesting one to watch how that how that plays out there. Offloads, we haven't gone through that yet. And offloads, the guy leading that is Braden Burns. He's averaging 2.7 offloads per game, but he's only played six games, so I don't think that's really fair. The guy that is leading the competition for offloads is our boy Jermaine Hopgood. In second place is Bryce Cartwright. So one and two come from the Parramatta Eels. Both have played 20 games this season. Jermaine Hopgood with 46 offloads. Bryce Cartwright with 42. The next best, interestingly enough, is Jacob Kiraz. 17 games. Games for 38 offloads. Pretty impressive. Payne Haas, 17 games for 37 offloads. Christian Welsh, 18 offloads for 30, sorry, 18 games for 33 offloads. Fafita, Junior Paulo, Brian Kelly, Hudson Young, Clint Gutherson, uh, the list goes on there. But interesting to see, well, no, it's not overly shocking. We spoke about it in the preseason, 
that Hopgood would be right up there. But 20 games for 46 offloads, that's more than two per game from Hopgood. Very, very impressive. And wild to think, Bryce Cartwright is in his team as well, who has only had four less from 20 games. So just from Jermaine Hopgood and Bryce Cartwright, uh, they've had almost 90 offloads from those guys, which is wildly impressive. What is it? 88. Very, very impressive stuff from those two. What other stats can we have a look at here? All receipts. So obviously hookers will dominate this one and they have dominated it. Leading it, uh, let's do on average, that's probably fairer. Leading it, Blake Braley, Damien Cook, Harry Grant, Appy, Reese Robson, Wade Egan, JMK, Mitch Kenny, Reed Marnie, Lachlan Croker, Jaden Braley. I'll tell you what's going to be interesting, guessing who is going to be the first guy on this list that isn't a hooker. I think it will be either Jackson Hastings, Ben Hunt, or DCE would be my prediction, one of those three. Let's see. Brennan Hands, Crossland, Little, Hodgson, Billy Walters, Graham, Brandon Smith, Jackson Hastings. Jackson Hastings came in at number 20. Uh, next one's Nico Hines. That's a fair shout. Jizzy only just beat Jacko as well. Jackson Hastings averaged 67 touches per game. Nico Hines, he's at 66. Dally Cherry Evans, he comes in at 66 as well. And Nathan Cleary at 63. Sean Johnson at 62. Ben Hunt at 60. So interesting to see see the ball players that have the most receipts. Obviously, dummy halves are going to be sky high because they touch it on every single play, but it didn't shock me at all to see Jackson Hastings leading that stat. He's got his fingerprints over everything that is the Newcastle Knights, and I think it's a big reason why they're pushing for a top eight finish this year. Uh, let's have a look at... What about charge downs? Who's going to be the tough bastard that leads this? Uh, Sean Lane leads. He's only played nine games. Jared Croker. He's, he's the only one over 10 games to be in the top three or four. Corey Horsburgh there as well. Interesting to see Corey Horsburgh and Jared Croker. They're the two guys that have played more than 10 games that are leading this stat. Stephen Crichton, Reese Walsh. Geez, Reese Walsh has done well to be in the conversation for most charge downs. That's incredible from fullback. That's wild. I wonder how many of those were, uh, were field goal attempts and whatnot. But Sean Lane, he's leading it. He's played nine games with four charge downs. Not much to look into there. I just thought that one would be interesting. Um, what about intercepts? <laughs> this one's wild. Uh, so intercepts, very interesting. Stephen Crichton, he's obviously the guy that you probably think of straight away. Uh, he, he's in third place. He's played 16 games and had three intercepts. The two guys ahead of him have had three intercepts as well. To be fair, they have played more games than Stephen Crichton. But interestingly enough, DCE, he has picked up a few tries of intercepts this year that we will remember. The other one's Adam Reynolds. He's had three intercepts as well. So intercepts, not a stack to read into there because uh, the guys leading it only have three. But interesting to see Adam Reynolds at the top of that. Uh, run meters for this year. Run meters leading it is Dylan Edwards with 4,003. That means on average... Dylan Edwards is running 210 metres per game. Brian Toto is running 204 metres per game, which is pretty impressive. Greg Marsu just behind them on 200. Uh, then we've got George Jennings, Tom Travojevic, Corey Oates. None of those guys have played all the games. Payne Haas, 187. Pretty impressive. Uh, where's Herbie Farmworth? I thought he'd be a lot higher than this. So Herbie Farmworth is actually... Uh, number two for most run meters in the game, uh, but he's played 20 games. So that'll obviously bring his average down. Where is Herbie on this list? Uh, wow, he comes in at 24th overall. Yeah, that's interesting. Sivitalakai and Dane Gagai, two centers that statistically just keep popping up. They're 18 and 19 for run meters, which is pretty interesting. Jacob Kiraz, he's 14, so getting through a lot of work there. 
Very, very impressive. I'll tell you what, Lockie Miller, statistically, I know he does everything a little bit unorthodox, but fuck, he, he's made a splash this year in his 11 games. He's in the top 10 for run meters as well. Pretty wild. Um, let's go and have a look at, we'll have a look at errors. We'll have a quick look at it. So uh, errors, who's leading for errors? Rishi Walsh is leading, 16 games for 38 errors. Dominic Young is next with 31. Selwyn Cobbo, 31. Carm Piera, 29. Clint Gutherson, 28. Mulatalo, 28. Sully, 26. Drinkwater, 26. Nico Hines, 26, Zach Lomax, 25. A lot of guys there that obviously have a lot of handles of the ball. Uh, obviously, you Reese Walsh on these guys. I think it also should be noted that these guys, they're in the the, the decision-making position, so they are going to come up with more errors because they've got less time to make bigger decisions, uh, and they are going to take more risks as well. But uh, as far as your wingers and everything, you would sort of, oh, obviously, high balls and everything make it hard, and they're sort of catching balls on the fly out on the sting, but you would sort of hope that your Dominic Young, Giselle and Cobos, your Campieras, a little bit safer than what they're producing there. Uh, let's have a look at... Where's the defensive stats? Tackles. Let's have a look who's got it here. Uh, so tackles. Leading that is Reed Marnie. No, Reed Marnie's leading it overall. But on average, wow. On average, the guy leading tackles per game is Nat Butcher with 47 tackles per game. Harry Grant, 44 tackles per game. Jack DeBellin, 43. Damian Cook, 43. Reese Robson, 41. Reed Marnie, 41. Blake Braley, 41. Jake Trevojevic, 41. Uh, Cam Murray, 40. And Isaiah Yo, 40. Jeez, Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo getting into their work. Jermaine Hopgood on 40 as well. So for Hopgood to lead tackle, to be in the top, you know, 10 in tackles and also lead offloads, not a bad little knock there. Um, so yeah, some pretty, uh, some pretty wild things. 40 20, I imagine DCE would probably be leading this, would he? No, not even close. Wow. Reed Marnie's leading this with four. Lachlan Croker with three. Luke Brooks, three. DCE's got two. Nathan Cleary's got three. So it's sort of uh, Reed Marnie, Lachlan Croker, Luke Brooks, and Nathan Cleary. Those are the four top guys there, which is very interesting. Jack Whiten also got two as well. Probably not noted for his kicking game, Jackie Boy Whiten. Uh, but he's doing all right there. He's on the same as uh, DCE from the same amount of games. I did not expect that. Um, short dropouts. Short dropout's pretty interesting here. Uh, leading that, now, does that mean that they forced the dropout or they've just kicked it? I think all these guys are the guys that do their short dropouts. What a useless fucking stat that is. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, Latrell Mitchell does South Sydney's. He's got 15. Yeah, so that, that, that must be what it is. Uh, Burton, Johnson, Drinkwater, Munster. Yeah, th those are all the guys that do the short dropouts. Why wouldn't you have forced dropouts as a stat instead of who kicks the ball? out of the in-goals. That just seems fucking ridiculous. Um, player in support stats is always interesting. Leading that, on average, is Dylan Edwards. Next is Kurt Capewell, to be fair. Jake Travojevic, Blake Taff, he's played limited games. Ray Stone from 16 games. Jackson Ford also right up there. That's interesting to see Dylan Edwards leading that by so much. Followed by Kurt Capewell. Very, very interesting. Um, decoy runs. Leading that. 183 decoy runs for Josh King from the Melbourne Storm. Next is Christian Welsh. This shows plenty of uh, ball movement and bodies in motion at the Melbourne Storm there, followed by AFB and Payne Haas. So wild that AFB and Payne Haas, when you think about all the metres they get through, they also lead it in decoy runs, which doesn't sound like much, but when you've got bodies like AFB and Payne Haas, to be in support and running decoys, what you do is you draw in numbers and you're forced to close space on them because if these big guys get the ball in those moments, 
it's over. They're, they're going to make 10, 15 metres and win that set of six. So it's that extra work that is done off ball as well that's so important that I have no doubt whatsoever Craig Bellamy would be noticing this from Josh King and Christian Welsh every single set that we probably take a, to take for granted. But, you know, you guys like AFB, Payne Haas, Max King, Mo Fodawaka, Tohu Harris, Jack DeBellin, these guys that get through so much work that we see in the stat sheet, but then we also don't notice those extra decoy runs they're doing, which might only be another 10 or 15 metre run, then you have to get back, which is another 10 or 15 metres, all takes gas out of the tank that should be noted. Very, very interesting, some of these stats here. Um, ruck infringement, who have we got? Who's going to lead this? Edge players or what? Uh, Jake Trevojevic, Harry Grant, Reese Robson, Tapane, Ford, Marnie, Cohen Hesse. Not a stack to take out of that realistically, I don't think. Penalties. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, the most penalised player in rugby league is Cam Murray. 20 penalties from 17 games. I probably wouldn't have expected that. That's very interesting. How good's this, though? Good God. When you go on averages, who do you reckon is the most penalised player in rugby league? He only played seven games this year. The vast majority of them, he came off the bench. It is the king, Josh Reynolds. How fucking good is that? 1.6 penalties per game. Grub, he's obviously retired now, but never changed, brother. God, we miss you. Uh, and he's 0.4 in front of Billy Smith, Kenner, Cam Murray, Jack Cogger, these sort of guys who are in third, fourth, and fifth. Fifth, uh, Shibasaki, he was in second place on 1.5. But Josh Reynolds from seven games, a lot going off the bench for playing limited minutes, 1.6 penalties per game to lead it on average. <laughs> Incredible stuff. How good is Grub? All right, guys, that'll probably do us. Uh, my live reaction to just a heap of random stats from around the league. Uh, a lot of that. That probably wasn't a heap to take from it, but some of them I thought was very interesting. I think some of the guys that kept on coming up, guys like Sifatalakai is worth noting. I think Dane Gagai, the amount of times he came up was very impressive. Jackson Hastings, he obviously popped up quite a bit as well. Greg Marcio, a lot of Newcastle boys. They probably fly under the radar a little bit that we probably don't notice exactly how much work they do and how much impact they have. So very, very interesting. Go through and have a look at all those. Have a look at them yourselves. Send me a message. If there's anything you think I've slept on or whatever it might be, send me a message. Let let me know so I'm aware of it for the future. But I think it's always good to go through and have a look at those stats. Stats don't tell everything, guys. I'm well aware of that. But they are part of the science of rugby league that can tell a story. The eye test does more of it for me, as you guys know from what I've spoken about over the last few years. But stats, they definitely do tell part of the story at least. Sometimes it's not always the total truth, as we've seen with a lot of stats we've spoken about today. Uh, but sometimes they are just interesting to go through and have a look at. So take with a grain of salt. Obviously, guys, it doesn't tell the whole story. I can hear some people in their cars smashing their head against the uh, the driver wheel, losing their mind. But it doesn't tell the whole story, guys. Well and truly aware of that. But it is interesting to have a look at those sort of things. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.